The deans of Mountain West University gathered every second Tuesday of the month to engage in discussions led by our provost, Manny Lorenzo. The administration conference room was large and comfortably furnished with upholstered leather chairs. It was also abuzz with conversation about Danica Borum's impending visit. The cinnamon buns and Danish pastry and their usual silver trays lay undisturbed. No one was eating or sitting down. Everyone was milling about. When the provost gets here, I plan to ask him to insist the purists cancel her. No student group should be allowed to bring a woman like that to a university. And no campus should tolerate hate speech. Bridget Thomas, dean of the College of Economics, was holding forth, loud and opinionated, barely described her. Now, Bridget, she doesn't actually say she hates anyone, including our minorities. She just acts as if they were not part of the deal and talks about America's proud white European heritage and the 1776 crowd, said Bill Verdon, the dean of science. A man I liked better than most, humorous and reasonable. But her message is clear, said the dean of engineering. There's really no mistaking the intent. She wants everyone who looks like me to leave this country and go back to some original home country. I visited my grandparents in Korea, but I have no desire to live there. Danica Borum doesn't recognize me as a native-born American, and that's infuriating. I understand, said Bill, putting his hand on his colleague's shoulder. But doesn't Borum have the right to speak, even if her opinion is despicable? What about freedom of speech and the First Amendment? Bridget turned to me. You're our resident First Amendment advocate. What do you think? Down went my mood again. I think we are a university and should encourage the free exchange of opinion whenever possible, I said, dodging the real thrust of Bridget's question and her clear intent to involve me in a lengthy argument. And that's just the point, said Provost Manny Lorenzo, propelling his sturdy frame into the room through a door that connected to his office. So don't bother to ask, because I don't have any intention of banning Danica Borum's speech to a campus group, and neither does President Stoddard. Manny eased his big body into a chair at the head of the table and flashed a wide grin to remind us all how much we liked him. Even if she starts a riot, like she did at... I plan to have heavy security, said Manny. And I will meet with all the student leaders and pass the word that all who go should expect to behave like civilized men and women. No shouting her down, no rioting... Remain polite, even if you don't like what you hear. You don't have to go. Are you going? Manny's eyes sparkled. Of course I'm going. I always take the opportunity to listen to views that oppose mine. Keeps me sharp. Besides, if trouble starts, I'll add myself to the security force. I can be terrifying when necessary. A nervous laugh followed. Manny was not just big and beefy. He worked out. Remember... I'm the Chicano kid raised on the mean streets and always ready to prove how tough I am. He busied himself with papers in front of him. Now, let's get to work. We slowly took our seats. Back in my office two hours later, I stared at the pile of documents that had been handed out at the dean's meeting. Budget summaries, recommendations for promotion and tenure, proposed changes in Mountain West degree requirements. All the stuff of academic administration that took time away from the joy of teaching my one course in media ethics and meeting with my students.
Fate brought me a distraction. Rosie's here, said Nell, standing in my doorway. Rosie Jenkins was not quite five feet two inches tall, skin as pale as milk, freckled nose and cheeks under blue eyes that always seemed to penetrate into your head and read your mind when she talked to you. I had known her since her first day as a freshman. She was introduced to me by an old friend, Sonia Ortiz. Sonia was a psychologist who worked with girls who'd been rescued from sex trafficking rings. Rosie was one of the rare escapees who'd been rescued from the sex trade at 14 and then worked her way through high school and into our university. As part of her therapy, she'd written about her troubled childhood, her time as a child prostitute on the streets of Los Angeles and her recovery thanks to therapy and the help of a compassionate cop who had arrested her and then persuaded her to go to a rehab facility in another city.